What's good, y'all? This is Mike Lyle, host of All Things Considered on 91.5 KUNC in Greeley, Colorado, Rocky Mountain Living. And you are listening to my guys on the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. BetUS Sportsbook is your ultimate destination for online betting. With sports betting, live betting, racebook, online slots, and online casino. It's available across the U.S. and Canada. Use the code PSP to receive a massive sign-up bonus. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. My name is Cabrera Ron. You guys know me as Kobe. And today we've got a friend of the show back with me. This is someone who's been on before and last we spoke... He was a Giants fan stranded in the land of the Patriots, but the view at his window has changed. So we're going to talk a little bit about what he's doing now. And I mean, he covers everything sports, so we've got a lot to talk about. I'd like to welcome you to Michael Lyle. Michael, how's it going? Kobe, man, what's going on? Thank you so much. It's great to be back on the program. It's been a while. Yeah, man. It's been, it's been a couple of years, but a lot's happened since then. So wh- where are you now? Well, I am now in Colorado. I relocated almost a year ago out here to the Rocky Mountains for a new opportunity. And as a result, I am also now covering all the major teams since I've arrived. And let me tell you, my friend, it has been nothing short of amazing. I am very happy here. I love it here. The atmosphere is great. Uh, the weather is always going to be what it is because it is Colorado. But aside from that, it's a fun time, actually, to be out here as a sports fan, believe it or not, because there's a lot of stuff going on out here as of late. The Nuggets won the championship. Everybody thought I was a good luck charm because the Nuggets won their first championship last <laughs> spring out here. Here I come moving out here to Colorado, and all of a sudden the Nuggets now win a championship. And then if that wasn't enough, I'm sure you and the rest of America know about this every day now. Deion Sanders is now coaching at the University of Colorado. Yeah, the Buffaloes. So he came in on in December. So here we go. We got that. We also have March Madness out here, which I covered last spring. The first two rounds were held here in Denver. And we're embarking on another big sports season. The, the, the Buffs football team is playing pretty good right now. Uh, the Broncos, eh, eh, eh. The Rockies, eh, eh, them too. But, you know, we got the Nuggets and the Avalanche starting up soon. So things are going to start picking up around here in terms of the excitement when the winter sports teams get going. But it's been great. Yeah, now we spoke a lot of Giants last time, but uh, uh, the Broncos are my team. That's that's my team. That's the team I've followed the longest. It's the team I'm the the biggest fan of. But who's getting more press in Colorado, the Buffaloes or the Broncos? Well, that's an easy one, the Buffaloes. Deion Sanders <laughs> has gotten all the press out here, my friend. In fact, if you look at ticket prices for the Buffs games versus the Broncos games, you'll stark contrast in terms of how much one ticket costs. In fact, the Buffs have sold out all of their home games for the season. That has never in the program's history happened. So I think that tells you where things stand in t- as far as the fans are concerned. And they know that Deion Sanders is going to be here for a while. So, yeah, he's the hot commodity here. And he's just certainly 
you got a larger than life figure here who's just tearing this state inside out and his presence has really paid dividends. I mean, every sports talk show in America, even some local newscasts and some national newscasts have talked about the fact that Dion has turned Colorado into a place where not ever not only are people excited about what's going on with the program or with his presence, but it's become a little Hollywood out here, my friend. He's brought a lot of the celebrities out here for these games and he's really hyping up the fan base and Again, the tickets are going like hotcakes, and they are in a hot commodity, and uh, they're not cheap at all. They're not cheap. Okay, now there was a lot of hype to begin with because they came out of the gate strong, right? Came out of the gate undefeated, three straight. They did. And now they've, you know, been brought down to earth a bit. Has it tempered a bit or no? No, I mean, they were expected to lose to Oregon, and I don't think everybody's, I don't think anybody saw how they were going to, I don't think anybody really expected them to come back the way they did against USC and mm-hmm. the fact that they were down already big before halftime and they had a furious spirited comeback that they came up just a touchdown short from tying the game or who knows what it would happen. So it's showing that the team is really buying into what Dion's doing here. He, he did say he was going to change the culture when he arrived. He has stuck to his convictions about the change that needed to be made. I mean, think about it. They only won one game last year. So, his presence was going to make sure that that was not going to happen this year. And already most of us are pretty much guesstimating that they are going to go to a bowl game this year. We don't know what kind of bowl game, but we have all said in this state that he's going to get the program. their six or seven wins. They're halfway there now. So they need three more to get to the bowl game. And I think that's going to happen. And then for that to happen in his first year is phenomenal. That just shows what Dion's doing. I mean, the guy came from Jackson state. He's been a coach there. So he's familiar with college coaching, and now he's doing it on a big-time level with Colorado. And the fact that people are watching the games every week, because if you look at the ratings for all the games, everybody is watching Colorado football now. That's right. Whether they're winning or not, they, they are intrigued by what's going on with Dion and what he's doing with the program, because every week you don't know what you're going to get when he speaks, and you don't know what's going to happen. And his son, Shadur, his quarterback son, is a stud. And, uh, again, they are really making some noise around here. It's just been amazing to see how the vibe has changed since he's arrived. Now, I was going to say that. So, prime time is obviously the draw. He's a superstar. But who on the team impresses you the most? And have you been attending the games? Oh, I've been covering the games. I've been covering the games since he was hired here. See, I didn't just become a Fairweather Colorado Buffs fan, like people are wondering. No, I was covering the program when I first got here last fall. And when Dion was hired in December of last year, I started covering the program regularly. Okay. So I didn't just start doing this when the season started. I was here when he was at his press conference, when he was introduced as a head coach, and I've been on the beat since then. And, yes, I've been to the games. I'm going next Friday. They're playing against Stanford. I'll be going to that game, and then I'll be going to some more games before the season's over. And wherever they end up for the bowl game, I intend to follow them there as well for coverage. Which players have impressed you the most? Shadur has really impressed me, my friend. I love Shadur. It's amazing. He's a great player. He can make plays. I think he gets a little complacent sometimes, but I think he has the ability to make plays happen. I mean, crying out loud, the guy threw for over 500 yards his first game at the university in the opener against the uh, national runner-up. I mean, that was his coming out party. And he's already amassed well over 1,000 yards in these five games he's played now. So it's amazing what he can do and he does make plays and he's going to be a, a a lottery pick i think i think he gets one more year here in boulder he's going to go to the pros he's going to be many are saying could be a top overall pick next year if he stays in you know for one more year and then continues to develop his craft which i think will happen 
Now, you're a true analyst. You're a student of football. Do you think he has NFL skills, or is he one of these guys that's more suited to the college game? Oh, no, no, no. He's got NFL skills. Have you seen his, have you seen his build? He's a man-child. <laughs> yeah. He is huge. I mean, he bulks up a little bit more. He is definitely on his way. I mean, first of all, his father's Deion Sanders. So I think that alone tells you what you need to know about his ability to play on the NFL level. He certainly has that ability. As, as I mentioned, he gets himself one more year, I think, here in Boulder to develop and work on his craft a little bit more. He will definitely be a top pick, I think, next year in the NFL draft because think about that. Who wouldn't want a quarterback whose last name is Sanders and who is the son of arguably one of the greatest athletes of our generation, and now he's going into the pro ranks as a quarterback? which is always a big question mark for a lot of teams in the NFL these days. Yeah. You want a solid quarterback that can that can produce. And somebody like Shadur can immediately make an impact if he were to go somewhere. I just think his skill set just shows he can make plays. He can. He, he certainly has got an arm. He's got a heck of a throw. He's also got an ability to scramble. Again, I just think some of the things he has to work on is just getting too complacent, not taking too many sacks. I mean, I know he's just taking a lot of sacks. He sometimes just needs to just get rid of that ball and just make plays if he has to. But he can do it all. And I think as he develops on this power five level, he will definitely get there. And I think, again, one more year here would help him in that in that pursuit to get him to a top level, top pick in the NFL draft. I just think that's where he's headed. Okay, let's talk about another quarterback in Colorado. Russell Wilson, he came over last year. Mm-hmm. was a very down season for him. Yes. This year, the Broncos themselves aren't doing that well, but his numbers are outstanding. What's the the sentiment around Russell right now in, in Denver? Everybody says the same thing you just said, and I've said too. Russell Wilson's playing very well this year. I think Sean Payton was the coach he needed to help him get better at his craft, and it's shown. Okay. Russell's playing well. He's making plays. He still is a quarterback that has won a Super Bowl championship, so he certainly has a veteran leadership that he brings to this franchise. The problem is, though, Kobe, is that there's a little joke running around right now here in Colorado. There's no D in Denver. (laughs) (laughs) Because, let's face it, gave up 70 points. It's pretty good. (laughs) Pretty good. (laughs) Pretty good. Then you follow it up with a team that, because they were also on that level of not playing well either, you gave up up 28 points to them. It looked like they were going to lose that game unless the defense actually stepped up and made some plays and Russell made some plays of his own. So there's a little bit of a running joke right now that there's no D endeavor. Um, <laughs> that's obviously the weakness of this is their defense because Russell's offense has been clicking. And I think when the defense starts clicking and I think once they get everybody on the same page, perhaps Denver can make some noise. Perhaps they can become a well-oiled machine if everybody on both sides of the ball fun- functions properly. Now, the no D in Denver, is this a personnel thing? Is this a coaching thing? Or is it a matter of the injuries they've had? Well, there's been a lot of issues with the with the with the defense. I mean, it goes back to last year as well. Um, people were saying that Daniel Hackett, who's no longer the coach, was a part of that problem. And they brought in the uh, the uh, defensive coordinator. He's also been on the hot seat, and he's been questioned about his ability to run this defense and how they're giving up too many points and how they can't stop the run. Their secondary is being picked apart. So many questions. I listen to him out here talk about it all the time. But I think Sean Payne's saying, look. It's still early in the season. Let's see what happens. But I do believe, though, that it's been a long time out here, Kobe, for Denver fans who have seen a playoff team in this franchise. And I think the frustration is starting to boil over a little bit. And there's really no wiggle room for any more error at this point. 
Um, I'm not saying there's going to be a change coming in the next week or so, but mm-hmm. rest assured, if the team does not show any improvement on the defensive side, then I think that's where you'll see the changes coming on that side of the on that side of the team. Offensively, Russell's going to continue to do what Russell's doing. I think he should just keep doing that. He committed himself too, by the way, because he came into training camp losing, lost some weight, looked more lean, he looked more trimmed. Okay. He was committed to wanting to be a better player this year because of what you said. He would had a bad year last season, yeah. so. He definitely had something to prove this year, and so far, people have agreed. No, Russell Wilson is not the problem why the Denver Broncos are one and three. They're just not playing defense. They start playing defense, they could be a better team. Okay, let's talk about your team. Let's talk about the New York Football Giants. Is Danny Dimes still the guy? Is he still the guy? I gotta ask. (laughs) Do we have to talk about my team now? (laughs) We gotta bring him up at least a little bit. I know, I know. I'm just joking. (laughs) No, I'm actually going to go on the record. I'm not too confident in Daniel Jones. And I said this during the offseason, too. I don't know why the Giants paid this guy all that money. Yeah. I really don't understand why he got paid all this money. If you want my view, I think Saquon should have gotten some of that money because I know the Giants had one good year with him last year. With Jones, I'm talking about, yes, they got over the hump. They got to the second round. But you're giving this guy a lot of money just for one year of taking him to the promised land, if you will, to a second round berth where they got smoked by their conference or the division rival, Philadelphia. I mean, it's great that he got a bonus, but I just thought it was way too much. And it's showing right now, why did they invest this kind of money in Daniel Jones? And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt too, Kobe. It's not all on him. Okay. Giants don't have an offensive line either. That's Correct. another weakness. They have no line. The game against Seattle, the guy couldn't throw. Every time he slapped the ball, there was a defender from Seattle in his face before he could even make a move. That's not good. And it's not like it's not like Seattle is a powerhouse defense either. Well, exactly. And that was the other thing is like Seattle wasn't playing that well either to begin with. The Giants, because they won that game, they had some chances actually if it wasn't for the sacks that Jones took. But I'm looking at the game closer and I'm looking at all the missed assignments from the offensive linesman. Like that was a missed block there. There was a missed block there. There was a missed assignment there. And the tackle has been horrendous. Giants don't have you know, a tackle. This is a sport called football. You got to be able to tackle. And if that's not enough, then the defense wasn't doing their part either by allowing um, both quarterbacks from Seattle were having a field day. So there's a lot of issues right now. Plus, Saquon, as I mentioned, is still out. So we don't know when he's going to come back. I put out a tweet the other night, too, which got some people talking about this. And you know, my thought was, as much as I would love to see Saquon stay with the team, you don't know what might be going through his mind right now if he sees his team continue to struggle offensively like they're doing, yeah. and especially without an offensive line. Would you want to stay? and play around this kind of team that doesn't have that kind of personnel Hell to no. keep you protected? Hell no. Mm, makes you wonder. I'm not saying that's what he's thinking, but I'm sure a lot of fans are going to start wondering if the, if the Giants don't improve, what will the future hold for Saquon? Because right now I see him as a franchise player, not Daniel Jones. Now, there's a number of quarterbacks that have recognizable names that have bounced around the league a little bit, just even recently. When you compare them to Daniel Jones, I'll just give me like a yes or no. Would you prefer them at the helm in New York or would you be confident to stick with Daniel Jones instead? So I'll begin with David Carr. Uh, no, I would keep Daniel Jones over David Carr. Okay, Garoppolo. Garoppolo, I would probably substitute for Daniel, yes. Okay, okay. Mayfield. That's a toss-up, too, because Mayfield's another one. He could be up and down sometimes. I mean, he plays well. Um, I'm going to go with probably keeping Daniel in that position over over Mayfield, though. Okay, so for you, it's not the skill set. It's it's the fact that they went ahead and paid him all that money without 
real proof behind it. Well, they made the postseason last year, and I understand that, and they had a nice win at Minnesota to get on get, get to the second round, which was great. But I don't know if that result, if that should have warranted him getting paid all that money, though. That was my only complaint. Yeah, it was good that they got there. Yeah, he deserves a raise, but that kind of money, really? That's the kind of money we're paying this guy for what we're seeing right now? I don't think it makes up. It doesn't, it doesn't add up. And Saquon, I think, should have gotten, gotten some of that, too, because if it wasn't for Saquon, the Giants won some games last year when Daniel wasn't playing at his best and Saquon was picking up the slack. That's right. Okay. Trust me, I'm not one of these fair-weather New York fans that talks about and just falls in love with somebody because of what they what they look like and, and all that. I'm going to, like you just mentioned, I'm going to break it down X's and O's. I watch the games out here, even though I can't see them regularly because I'm in the Denver market, but I do watch the Giants, especially since the NFL continues to punish us, if, we, if, if, if I may be frank here. We're putting us on national TV, and we have not done well on the national spotlight this year. Yeah. We have two more national TV games coming up. So the world's getting to see what the Giants look like, and right now I'm sort of embarrassed that they have to watch our team constantly get humiliated like this. Now, when you're talking about letting the air out of the ball, I mean, there's another team in New York that's got hit much worse than you, mm. <laughs> and that's yes. the Jets. So the Aaron Rodgers torn Achilles – does that just deflate the season almost as a result of it? I would say so. I mean, everybody's putting their stock in Zach Wilson right now. And believe it or not, the Jets have been playing pretty competitive with him out there. Um, despite what some have said about his ability, the Jets have had some competitive games, even though they lost and they're not really not a, a well-oiled team. But they have been competitive. So I get them that much. And Zach has been really playing hard. I mean, he's no Aaron Rodgers, but who is? But he has been playing and showing that he can perform at this level. And he's kept the team in some close games this year. So I wouldn't necessarily rule him out completely. But if you are a Jets fan, you would love to see Aaron Rodgers make a comeback soon because I would think anybody in their right mind would see that you have a better chance with Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback of the New York Jets than Zach Wilson right now. That's just the reality of it. Do you expect him to come back and play? Or do you think he's going to call it quits? I don't think he's going to call it's tough to it's tough to come back from the injury like that though, Kobe. Because, yeah, it's a lot of a, uh, it is a, um, anxiety, if you will, that gets players like Aaron that want to come back because he committed himself to want to be there, and now that he's not playing, it's like he feels he's not being a service. It's a disservice to the team and to the fans. Mm-hmm. But if you really want to come back, it's something you have to really, really take with caution. Because, say he comes back in two, three weeks. And then he gets another injury. Yeah. I would hate to think that that could be the injury that might do him in. You know what I mean? That's right. He's able to still play now. He's not, he's not, he's not calling it a career, but if he were to take one more get hit like that or an injury of that nature, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers would be able to play another game of football after that. If he were to go through those, if that were to happen. Yeah. I I got a bit of a unique perspective on it because I tore my Achilles last March. Tore my Achilles. Yeah. You (laughs) still bounce back from those injuries, man. You put a lot, you know, it's like, you put a weight on that when you move and walk around. Right? I'm eight months in, and I do not run on it yet. Wow. That's eight months of physiotherapy. Eight months. And, and I don't even run on it yet. One wrong step, and all of a sudden, you're messing. You got to go back to square one. Yeah. So I think I think the mental side of it is going to be the hardest one for him. Right. You know, that's going to be the hardest one for him. So I don't know. I don't know if he comes back. I know he wants to come back, but I don't know if the, re- the reality of it is, is can he come back. He's been swalking as he wants to come out by the end before the season's out. So I think he's trying to get people's 
try and give some hope to those that really want to see him back out there. But like he just said, and I've played sports too, Kobe, years ago, and I remember having to go through Achilles injuries, ankle injuries. I've been battered and bruised. And yes, I've always wanted to go back out there because I just feel like I want to go out there with that. He said it's a mind, it's a mind game, but do you really want to take a chance and doing something that's going to really mess up your chances of playing long-term? It, it's a, it's a gamble. Yeah. But in his case, he wants to play because he sees what's going on. And it's like the team's not playing well. They're not winning games. It's, they feel like he needs, he feels like he needs to be out there, but you don't want to put your star player out there and risk another injury that, like I just said, could probably be the, could be the last straw. Now, you said opportunities brought you out to Colorado. What exactly is it you're doing now? I work as a news anchor and a reporter and a talk show host for a local NPR affiliate here in Greeley. It's called the station's called KUNC, ninety-one point five FM. I work the shift every day from three thirty till six. I'm the localized host for all things considered. So I do newscasts, I do reports, doing everything right now. Covering CU Boulders, covering Deion Sanders. That's become part of my beat now. So covering the teams out here, doing more human interest stories. There's always a lot of stuff going on out here in Colorado that keeps us busy. And I'm in the northern part, so I'm just about an hour away from Denver. But we do have a nice listening audience in the Denver area. Now, do you deal with the, the management or the ownership of any of these uh, sports teams? Uh, no, I haven't. I do talk to the PR people, and I have talked mostly. I had a nice repertoire with uh, this past season, I was really into the Colorado Rockies, even though they had a really bad year. But uh, yeah. that was a nice treat to go to the games at Coors Field. And Coors Field, I don't know if you've ever been to Coors Field. It's such an amazing ballpark. I know it's been there for uh, well over 25, 20-something years, but it's a very nice facility. It's a great atmosphere. There's not one bad seat in that place. The fans are great. The staff is great. The product just has to be better, but they do compete. I got to meet Bud Black, their manager, covered him all season long. Got to meet some of the players. I got to meet Charlie Blackman. Got to meet Elias Diaz, their catcher, who was the first to get the All-Star game and became the All-Star MVP. So it was a fun year covering them, and I'm looking forward to doing more of that next year with them. And then, of course, covering CU and Dion has been a great treat, too, covering them. As I said, that's the big story right now. I know we got the Nuggets and the Avalanche. They start their seasons in a couple of weeks. But everybody right now in the state of Colorado is talking about Deion Sanders and CU football. And, and even though the Broncos are still a top draw here, because we know this is a Broncos state. Yeah. All the other teams here are great, but you can take a pulse and everybody would say it's all about the Broncos. Yes, the Avs and the Nuggets were the last two teams to win championships, respectively. But the Broncos are still what they want to talk about here. However, Deion has stolen their mojo a little bit because he's taking all the attention away from them. Yeah, Denver, Colorado is such a huge sports market. Is, it is. Is there any room for the Rapids in MLS? Do they do they get anything or no? They do. They get some coverage here too. And the and the Colorado Mammoth is there in their the lacrosse team. I saw the NBA, the WNBA expanded with getting the team in Golden State the other day. But yeah. I do think, and I've said this, people be putting these little poll, these little uh, these questions and polls on Twitter or social media, asking, so where do you think the WNBA should expand to next? And I've been saying that I believe the Denver market deserves a WNBA franchise. I really think they can thrive in this state with a WNBA team. Really? Why not? Why not? I think they have the facilities here. They certainly have fans here that do root for them. Case in point, Colorado's women's basketball team made the NCAA tournament last year, and that was a big topic of discussion here in the state, along with the Nuggets and the Abs. 
So there is an appetite here for women's basketball, I believe. And I think that they would thrive with having a franchise here. Is there an expectation for the Nuggets to repeat? I believe so, because they are bringing most of their personnel back. And as long as you have number 15, Nikola Jokic, the best basketball player on the planet. Yes, I said that because he is. <laughs> as long as you have him on your roster, the Nuggets are going to be contenders for a long time. And let's face it, without Nikola Jokic, the Nuggets are not in this position. That's just the reality of it. Do you see any weaknesses in that squad or no? Uh, they just I think the problem is they just the defense – this has got to tighten up the defense because they like to outshoot their opposition, and that was the thing last year. Their point differential versus the opposition differential was something that I was a little skeptical about because you can score, and they are a well-oiled machine offensively, but defensively, I would just think they just got to tighten that up a little bit this year because teams have gotten better in the Western Conference. Everybody's going to be gunning for them now because they have the bullseye in their back. You know the teams that you heard about the trades, Damian Lillard now goes to Milwaukee. Uh, yeah, LeBron is still up. playing in Los Angeles. Yep, LeBron, LeBron is still well. LeBron is still going is still playing in Los Angeles. So, I think if anything, the Nuggets are still to me. And then yes, yes, Kevin Durant still in Phoenix. But as we saw last year, that didn't matter anything to the Nuggets because they beat both of those teams convincingly. I didn't think they were going to sweep the Lakers though. That was a surprise. I think a lot of us were surprised they swept the Lakers like they did. Yeah, we knew that we had a feeling they were going to win the series, but not in a four game sweep though. That was like. Wow, they swept LeBron James out of the postseason. That, and when they did that, I said, no, this Nuggets team is going to win a championship. In fact, I said that last December when they took over this top spot in the Western Conference. I said, this is their year to make this run. And I was right because you took over the top spot. You solidified your spot as the top team in the West. You now, and you have the best player in Nikola Jokic. Yes, you have to finish the job this year. There was just no question. It would have been a disappointing year last year, my friend, if the Nuggets did not com- complete that championship run. It would have been hard. It would have been sad. Because, yeah, you just asked if there's an expectation. Yes, there is. But the question is, can they do it? Because, every, you know, every year is always tough to repeat. Of course. But I think they have the ability to do it this year. And I think they, despite what many are saying, because I read these blogs and these websites and these analysts and they talk all this mess about, well, oh, you know, the East has gotten tougher or LeBron's still playing and, they made these trades here, and Kevin Durant's still playing in Phoenix, and uh, you should see what's going on. And you know they got the uh, young player from San Antonio, and then they also have out in the East the Celtics are still there. Am I? And I say to myself, but didn't the uh, Nuggets beat all those teams last year? <laughs> yeah. I just find myself at, but didn't they beat those teams last year? And by the way, not to be hyper hopping, uh, hampering the Nuggets too much, but I talked with the team's radio broadcaster during this playoff run last year. He even said the same thing. There was that whole disrespect chip on their shoulder they were carrying around, and it made sense because, let's face it, Denver is a mid-major market compared to Los Angeles or New York or Boston or Washington or Philadelphia. For sure. So you, I got to imagine the coverage is not going to be global like it is in those other cities. But what got me, though, and I understand that, and I felt that with them, too, is like, you got the best player in Nikola Jokic. And I was actually, and I covered the team, I was telling people, People were saying, well, Joel Embiid's going to be MVP. Okay, Joel Embiid might be the MVP, but I'm putting all my money on Nikola Jokic because if you look at his stats last year, the man was averaging a triple-double per night. And and that's with unselfish play, which is the crazy right. thing about it, right? And in the NBA, you know you have to, you know the NBA can be a flashy league. Everybody yeah. wants the ball. Everybody wants to be on SportsCenter. Everybody wants to take the last second shot. Everybody wants to be the ball hog. Yeah. Not this guy. He was scoring – and sharing the wealth. 
that's unheard of. And by the way, Nikola Jokic being a seven foot one center who plays like a six one point guard, his skill is ridiculous. That's why I say, yeah, I don't see why the Nuggets can't repeat this year as champions, provided they stay healthy. All right, let's talk about one more giant entering the league, and that's Wembenyana. What do you expect from him in his first season? He's going to change the culture in San Antonio because that's what I see what they like to do. Greg Popovich is one of those guys. He likes to, what you call, he likes to um, buck the trend, if you will. He likes to make yes. things different. He likes, you saw that with Mono Ginobili and Tony Parker. I mean, they became well-known household names with their play in San Antonio all those years. And they also helped establish the international game for the NBA itself with what they did in San Antonio. I see that being the case here for Wanyama. He's going to do the same thing. I think he's going to be the rookie of the year. He is now the face of that franchise right now, believe it or not. I mean, that's when they put all their eggs. They, they put all their money on this guy to get him, and they got him. So I would expect that he's going to be the guy that's going to – first year probably won't be much to do about anything because it's just their first year. But Okay, well, hold, do, they, years, do they win 40 games or no? They can win 40 games. Okay. The team, actually, last year's team played competitive too, even though they didn't miss, they, they, they missed out. But I don't, I don't recall they won close to 40 games. So I think with him, they could win maybe more than 40 games. Postseason okay. birth, though, that might be a bit of a far-fetched idea because the West is loaded. All right. Well, the, the, the majority of teams in Colorado, I mean, I, I know who their rivals are, but up until this season, I didn't know much about the Buffaloes. Do, do they have a true rival? They do. It was Nebraska. Nebraska? Oh, yeah. The game that they won, the second game of the season, was here against Nebraska. Okay. That is their always been their true rival. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, the next game was the game against Colorado State, the Sunglass yeah. game, because they play in nearby Fort Collins. Where I'm located, we're not, but maybe 30 minutes away from Fort Collins, where Colorado State University's campus is. So that's why it was billed as the Rocky Mountain Showdown, because yeah, the other school in the state is the University of Northern Colorado, but they're a mid-major Division One team out of the Big West, out of the Big Sky. So yeah. the big-time schools here are Colorado State and Colorado. That's why it's built the Rocky Mountain Showdown. So that would be the the other true rival. But their true true rival right now for Colorado has always been Nebraska. Ah, oh, okay, okay. Nebraska was the big top drawer here, and that's why. Uh, the team, the fans have stormed the stormed the field after that win because, yeah, that's one of the eternal rivals. And this is going back way into the days when they were both in the Big 12. Yeah, Nebraska had a rich history, very rich history. It was, it, right, right. They had a rich history. They had an intense rivalry with, with Colorado for years and years and years. Uh, so <clears throat> it was a shame that it, it – it, it, well, perhaps they might re- – there's talks that they're going to probably renew the rivalry, which I think is good for the region because they wanted – they should want that. and. It's good for the sport. It's also good for the fact that Colorado is going to the Big 12 next year. So that might increase the the, 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 the probability that they might become <clears throat> playing each other regularly each season, which is good. You you think them joining the Big 12 is a good thing for Colorado? I do. Now, is that based on media exposure or, or something else? Both. Media exposure. Big 12 is going to have more revenue for TV broadcasts. Yeah. Right now, Colorado's had a lot of national TV broadcast in some of the other, some of the schools in the conference already in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. They've had games on Fox twice already. They've had both uh, college pregame shows on the campus. They had the Fox Big Noon kickoff here twice. They had College Game Day here already. Um, so they've already shown that they can get the exposure. And I think with them moving to the Big 12, they're going to get even more exposure. 
because those big 12, big 12 teams, think about it, Oklahoma, um, you got those those schools coming out here to play in Boulder now. They're going to get that crack, and, and then maybe TCU, if they get back on the schedule, they play them again. Yeah. It's a lot that's going to go. And you know that's the case now, Kobe. Look what's going on with, this, with, with college football. Oh, yeah. Why do you think still these conference realignments happening all over the place? It's all about the money. You know that. It's 100%. about the money. 100%. It's about the revenue and the exposure. That's Yeah, that's what it's about. Everybody's saying, well, what's going on? Why are they doing this? I think it's because <laughs> of the one simple thing that we all enjoy in life. It's the money. Yeah. These schools want the revenue, the TV revenue, the exposure, the fact that you're going to be in front of a nationwide audience. you got teams that you can play that can make money for you as well. you got rivalries and fans from those other institutions that will come out here to go see a game in Boulder. It all adds up. It's part of this, what they do now called making the money in college sports. That's why... College is a big business, my friend, and I'm not just talking about on the Division One level either. Oh, no. It's a big business on all levels these days. Yeah. Now, Neon blew up the team, created his own. They've had some success. What do they got to do to have continued success in the next seasons? Well, they already have recruits calling him up. He already said in his press conference the other, uh, recently that he's already getting recruits calling him up and asking if he can come play for them. That's the thing about him being here, too. He's going to help the recruiting class. Yeah. And that's why everybody was saying that this year is going to be a test run, even though they're doing a lot more than what they were expecting to do in their first year. But give this team another year or two and watch. You will see the number of players who come here that want to play for Deion Sanders. And the fact is they know they're going to come here, and those are the five-star recruits they're going to be getting from those other Power 5 schools like the Georgias and the Alabamas and the um, Oklahomas and the Michigans and the Ohio States of the world. Yeah. They're going to want to come play for Coach Prime, and they see what's going on out here. And the fact that they would be on national TV almost every week, and they know that they, they would be they would be celebrities instantly here because that's what he's done now. Like I said, he's brought miniature Hollywood out here with his celebrity colleagues and whatnot. Oh, for sure. For sure. Now, where do our fans find you now, Michael? I'm on social media. You can find me at the same Twitter handle and Instagram handle at Lyle Multimedia. That's where I'm at. And you can also find me on Facebook as well at Michael Lyle Jr. You can also find me on the radio out here on a five day on the five days a week. Um, KUNC.org is the website. I'm on the air from three thirty till six Mountain Time. So for you East, you East Coasters, that's five thirty your time. <laughs> okay, okay. Just to make sure, I know. Listen, I've been out here almost a year. I'm still adjusting to the whole Mountain Time thing out here, my friend. I haven't even gotten adjusted to the whole fact that yeah. I'm two hours in front of everybody now. It's not like I'm on the East Coast anymore. I'm like, oh, it's only early out here, but out there it's late. That's right. So I'm still trying to adjust my body to these different time zones. That's right. Before we let you go, give us a bold prediction for something coming up in the next year. Uh, for the next year, I see, see football playing in the college football playoff next year. I see them, now that they expand the field to 12 teams, I believe Dion's going to take them to the playoffs next year. All right. Heard it here first. Michael Lyle, awesome to have you on, buddy. Kobe, it was great, man. I always appreciate you having me on. And let's do it again soon. Yeah, man. I love talking to you. It's, you just you just tell it the way it is. You know, bullshit. No, a, right? We have fun. We, we just have fun with this stuff, man. That's what it's about. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a fun thing to talk about. And what's even better, it's a blessing to be covering these teams because, as I said earlier, I did not think that Deion Sanders was going to – if you had asked me to put on my bingo card, 
that not only I was going to move to Colorado for this opportunity, but then Deion Sanders would be right behind me, and then the, the, the Denver Nuggets on top of that yeah. win the NBA no championship. Way. No way. I always said, no way. <laughs> Absolutely. A year later, and it still hasn't really sunk in yet that all this has happened like it has. No, that's awesome, buddy. That's awesome. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website, www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasters experience, where no sport is left behind.